you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Thursday, February 23. Real wages are going backwards at the fastest pace in history. It's a dilemma coming from our soaring inflation rates. Even though pay packets went up 3.3% in 2022, that's the strongest result in a decade, prices jumped 7.8% in the same time. Energy and Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen says he won't force Australians into electric vehicles. Bowen drives a Tesla himself, but the famously feisty minister says he's not backing down on the transition to a green economy. He's speaking to The Australian for our Green Power List, which is out on Friday. First up today, the Yes campaign for the voice to parliament is on its way, with one of the nation's most prominent Indigenous women front and centre. In a moment, we'll meet Rachel Perkins. It's been a long time coming, but now we're having a conversation, at the beginning of a conversation with the whole Australian nation. And there's going to be millions more conversations across the nation as the weeks roll by. Um, And we're here really to welcome Australia into that conversation. That's Rachel Perkins, one of Australia's brightest creatives. She was the director, producer and screenwriter behind projects like Brand New Day and Jasper Jones. The project that shot Rachel Perkins to national prominence was First Australians, a powerful 2008 documentary series that cast back through the millennia to tell Australia's story from the perspective of its first people. The first Australians number more than 250 tribes, each with their own language, laws and territorial boundaries. A civilization encompassing the entire continent. With her collaborators at Blackfella Films, Perkins made historians like Marcia Langton into household names. If you think about the ancient civilizations that Europeans look to, such as the dynasties of the pharaohs in Egypt, then even they are young compared to the period when humans were coming to Australia. Rachel Perkins is an Arunda and Kalkadoon woman. She's the daughter of Charles Perkins, an athlete and activist who played a central role in the success of the 1967 referendum. That was when more than 90% of Australians voted yes for Indigenous people to be treated equally to all other citizens to be counted in the census, and for the Commonwealth to be able to make laws for them. It's no good ranting and raving and not doing things in a constructive and a positive way. Charlie Perkins was a huge figure, the first Aboriginal man to graduate from uni. He shot to national fame, leading the Freedom Rides, a series of barnstorming bus trips to desegregate towns like Moree in New South Wales. It's no good telling people how they should live or what what will happen in heaven to come. Heaven is on earth. Now, Rachel Perkins is fronting the Yes campaign, led by the organisation From the Heart, which formally launched a campaign lab to skill up their volunteers in Adelaide yesterday. It's a conversation that's been long overdue about the recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the founding document of our nation. 
but it's also a conversation about giving us a voice when laws are made that affect us by the government so that we can improve the situation of Indigenous people in that country. So we're really excited about this day and it's great to be here. Paige Taylor, the Australian's Indigenous Affairs Editor, was there. She's such an impressive figure and really thoughtful about the campaign. I think she understands exactly how historic this is and she carries with her a sense of how disappointing this is going to be if it does not succeed. And I think it's quite a serious thing that she's taken a year off of her usual work to try to see this through. A number of high-profile Indigenous Australians have come out opposing the voice for various reasons. There's Jacinta Price from the Nationals, Lydia Thorpe from the Greens. So what is the support of someone like Rachel Perkins, who crosses a lot of cultural boundaries, mean for the Yes campaign? I think it's highly significant that she's involved. She lives in Alice Springs. Nobody can accuse her of being a city-dwelling elite, although I'm sure that is probably going to happen at some point if it hasn't already. She's also, I think, very devoted to this campaign. She told me that she has decided not to do any of her filmmaking or writing work in 2023. She's usually extremely busy with that. She's said no to everything. She wants to commit herself entirely to securing a successful referendum. What does she see as the challenges in front of the Yes campaign? Rachel says one significant difference is that in 1967, when her father was campaigning, there was no no campaign to speak of. This time there is. That's a complication. She also spoke about misinformation and the fact that that will be an obstacle. She spoke about this idea that the voice has come from elites and those who support the Uluru Statement from the Heart and and the voice believe very strongly that that's untrue, that it grew out of uh, grassroots meetings around Australia with people who were far from elite and did not have a voice. Here's Rachel Perkins speaking to Paige in a busy laneway outside the launch. My father was born in a native institution, you know, like... We are not elites. We come from our communities and this is what our communities are saying. And the data, the research shows that 86% of Aboriginal people support the voice. You know, you just can't, the statistics don't lie, you know. It's coming from an evidence base. So it's a convenient manipulation, um, I think, and it's actually coming from the elites themselves. Paige asked Rachel about one of the criticisms of the voice that it won't be practical for communities in need. Rachel raised the federal government's intervention in Aboriginal communities, banning alcohol and limiting spending to basics cards as an example of well-meaning policies that actually made life harder. I knew women who were having to, because they couldn't use their cards at their local shops, they had to pay for a taxi, like a $60 taxi, one way to buy groceries, because it hadn't been thought through that their local shop couldn't accept the cards. So they had to pay, use most of their money to get a taxi to the supermarket to buy their groceries and then get a taxi back, you know, because it just hadn't been worked out on the local, on the ground level how this was going to work. That's the basics card? Yeah, so, you know, in Alice Springs, in remote communities, people couldn't use their cards. They had to go into town to use them. And so they're spending more money 
getting into town to buy their groceries than on their actual groceries. So if they'd actually thought that through properly, it wouldn't have been that way. That's just a really simple example of how, you know, something that's developed thousands of kilometres away doesn't work on the ground because the people on the ground haven't been heard. Coming up, how the Yes campaign aims to win your vote. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for CrimeX Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. Rachel Perkins is an expert at starting conversations and there's a buzz around her Yes campaign. The proposal is about conversations and I think the word conversation is being used because it doesn't sound as dogmatic as going out and telling people how to vote. And they do seem really keen to talk to people who agree, disagree, undecided in a way that lets them speak back as well. Dean Parkin, who's directing this campaign, says that they're really open to a range of techniques. Yeah, so today's about bringing together a lot of those alliances, a lot of those networks and organisations, grassroots community groups, businesses, civil society, faith groups, organisations that have been putting their hand up for some time to say, we want to be part of this referendum campaign. We want to get out there and engage our people on this. They're also hooked into migrant communities in the western suburbs of Sydney who, he says, have a very effective way of making sure that conversations get into people's homes. They don't want to be talking to politicians or just to community leaders. They say they want to bring the conversation back to where it started, which is with the Australian people. Another of Australia's most prominent Indigenous women rallied for the Yes campaign yesterday. Professor Megan Davis is one of the architects of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. She's calling on universities to abandon neutrality and back the voice. Universities say they don't want to be political, but the decision not to take a stance for Uluru and the referendum on a voice to parliament is a political decision. Silence is political. Silence is political. Where do unis stand, Paige? I gather some universities have expressly said they do support The Voice. Some have, yes. I gather that there was some surprise at the recent Invasion Day, Australia Day protests when quite a few students were taking part in anti-voice sentiment. So I suspect that has muddied things a little. Elsewhere, academic and activist Noel Pearson lamented the practical challenges facing Indigenous communities. 
Some critics of The Voice say they're concerned that it will be all about elitism and theory and won't be helping address practical problems on the ground for Indigenous communities. Noel Pearson spoke with our colleague Paul Garvey about the need for stronger ties between welfare and school attendance in Northern Australia in particular. Where does all of that fit in, Paige, and how does that fit with Noel Pearson's own position on the voice to parliament? I think he's been really articulate about the fact that school attendance and also teaching methods can only improve once a voice is in place. Responsibility is power. Responsibility is self-determination. And we have got to take our destiny out of the hands of government. He feels that, as we know, school attendance and teaching methods have really let down a proportion of students. And the results of that have been utterly tragic. We see them at coronial inquests and we see them in some very dire results. Paige Taylor is The Australian's Indigenous Affairs Editor. You can read our ongoing coverage of The Voice right now at theaustralian.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.